Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.5, do the work of an evangelist. And uh, whenever we hear the word evangelist, we feel suddenly we've got to become salesmen and women for a product that no one wants to buy. And uh, then we feel we're, we used to be able to be ourselves, but now we've got to look for every opportunity to sell something and to turn everything into a presentation about Jesus. And it can feel like a real pressure on us. And so sometimes when churches say we're going to do a course on how to be equipped to do evangelism, we all think, oh no, that's terrifying. I don't really want to do that. So this morning is about taking some heavy loads off your back so you can breathe and you can relax, okay? Because I think one of the pressures of the word evangelism and or sharing the gospel is the feeling that we've got to try and make people make a decision and that we've somehow got to get people from A to Z in one conversation to try and lead them into a prayer to come to know Jesus. And that somehow we've got to sell Jesus and that somehow we become more like car salespeople than we are just being us. You know, car salespeople, they will tell you that your shoes look great, they will say that you're smart, that's the right car for you. They will tell you anything to get you to buy that car. Oh, that car looks so good on you. <laughs> that car matches your shoes. That car is so amazing for you. And they don't really like you. They're not really complimenting you. They just want you to drive up the forecourt with that particular car. And we don't want to be like that with Jesus. So there's no pressure on us to sell Jesus. But you might say, but don't you want to see people come into a relationship with Jesus? Don't you want to say, are you saying that you don't really want to see people saved? Jesus is good news. <laughs> and we want to tell the world Amen. about the good news. But what we want to do is lose the stereotype of what doing the work of an evangelist means. Okay, We want to lose the stereotype and lose the pressure and lose the burden of what actually being a, a evangelistic people means. Amen. We want to lose the sense that we've got to perform. That Amen. sharing good news is another plate we have to spin. Mm. Have you ever seen those circus acts where they spin plates? And some of you might feel, that is my Christianity right now. I've got the plate called reading the Bible. I'm spinning that over here. And I've got the plate called a prayer life. I'm spinning that over here. And someone says, there's the plate called memorising the Bible. That's here. And then someone says, you've got to share your faith. Here's another plate over here. Oh, the Bible reading one that's starting to drop. Oh, the evangelism one is all. And then suddenly, crash, 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 crash. I can't do this. I can't spin all these plates. And I want to say to you, there are no plates. Alright? There are no plates, and there's no spinning of any plates, and there's no performance at all to follow Jesus, okay? So that we can step out of the box of what we think being a follower of Jesus looks like, and you have permission to be you. Amen. This is what we're talking about this morning. 
You being the best you that God made you to be wherever you are, 24-7. Okay? It's, and, and we want to... I just want to really briefly talk about something we've, we've heard sung and worshipped about this morning is taste and see that God is good. I like what Bob Johnson says. Um, he's an evangelist in the church in Bethlehem. He just says, you've got to lower the bar on what our expectations Amen. are. Amen. And actually, our bar has to be, we just want to give people a taste so that they can see. Yeah. And so we lower the bar so that we're just ourselves and we just say, I've got one goal in life, to be me and to give people a taste. That's your job description. I'm going to be me, loving him, enjoying him, tasting and seeing that he's good, and then I'm just going to break off a bit, break off a bit, break off a bit, break off a bit, and give people a taste so that they can see. And that's the whole of our job description. And so we talked about this wonderful moment two weeks ago with treasure hunting where Jesus just said, I've got a clue for you, look for a double buggy. And we've told you the story, but it's worth saying again that there are not many people with double buggies, surprisingly. So we were looking for 45 minutes to find a double buggy. The lady called Gemma was coming down the road with a double buggy. And so we, we were excited. We ran to her and just said, the whole thing, you know, it sounds a bit strange, but we, Jesus given us a clue, double buggy, just know it's you, we've been looking for you. And Rachel asked, is there anything that you need God to do? And she said, actually, I know this sounds a bit lame, but I need a house. And I've got five children, and we've been waiting for three to four years. Four years. And so we just said, we prayed for a very quick prayer. Jesus, we'd release a house to you. God would provide for you. And just said, Jesus really, really loves you. And that's why we've been looking for you for 45 minutes. Because he knows you and loves you and knows what you need. End of conversation. I think Tim invited the family to kids' club, because she has some kids, and they've the kids' club. Friday, two weeks ago, we come down to the corner of the road, and she's saying, it worked! It worked. I've now got a house. And it's near my mum's house. It's a three-bedroom house. And so we gave her a taste that God is good. Now she can see a bit more than she could. But there was no pressure to do anything more than what Jesus was doing right there. The taste was, I know who you are. I'm looking for you. I want to bless you. You need a new house. I'm going to open that for you. The rest is... The Holy Spirit can now work on that seed that she's tasted, and other believers can come alongside and water it, and then God can give the growth. But there was no pressure to think, I've got to go beyond what the Father is doing right now, because actually what he wants to show is, I know you, I love you, I see you. And other people will come alongside to tell her more, and do believe that God started a good work, he'll finish it, and other people will see her come right through to enjoy Jesus herself. You see, if we give people a taste, that God is good, they'll want more. Mm. If we're living, experiencing hope and joy and peace, and that that's saturating our heart, we're, we're giving people a taste, and they will want more, and they will want to experience more. That's what Psalm 34, 8 says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I heard this guy say this about healing this week. He said... God's secondary concern when he heals is to relieve the person of pain. Amen. His first concern is he wants them to know that he knows them, that he's available, 
and he wants to do them good. And Jesus says that in Luke. He said, he said, when he sends the people, he says, when you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal those there who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Amen. And so when we break off a bit to feed people, we're to really just say very simple things as God leads us. Actually, God's come near to you. Amen. God's available. God knows you. God cares. God loves you. God wants to do you good. Do we announce that actually God has just come near to you and he's available? Can you feel that this is a lot simpler than selling cars? Amen. <laughs> the question then comes up, comes, and this becomes the challenge, I can't break off what I don't have. I can't break off to give people a taste of something I don't have. C.S. Lewis said, we always talk about what we enjoy. You, you bump into anybody and what they enjoy, you'll know really, really quickly. If you happen to ask me about electronic music from 1979 to 1982, <laughs> specifically using analog synths, you will quickly find that I really, really enjoy that, and, I, and I'm very happy to talk to you. Now, if you ask too many questions, the collection will come out, and you'll mute you, and we will be playing some of my favourite tracks, and I, I will be boring your socks off about... Analog Simps from 1982. <laughs> we always talk about what we enjoy. We always do. If someone's read a book that they really enjoy, they don't care if that person likes books, they're going to tell you about that book. Or if they've gone to a show that they really enjoy, they'll tell you about the show. Or they've gone to see a band of the O2, someone's going to know about it. Or they've seen a football match. Or they've eaten in a particular restaurant. Everybody's going to know about that restaurant. And everybody's going to be talking about the, the, the style of food in it. We do it all the time. We talk about what we yeah. enjoy. And it's just a natural thing. We praise what we enjoy. I think we were just, I don't think we were made just to be worshippers. We can't, we're like worshipping machines. You know, Human League, great album. Ipswich Town, yeah. We praise what we enjoy. We praise a great penalty kick. We praise a great song. We're always gushing for praise. And it's not any condemnation to say to ourselves, God, I don't feel I've got anything to break off. It's not a bad place to come to God and say, I, I need to be freshly ignited. I need to be freshly ruined by you. I need to taste and see myself. I need my taste buds to get a taste of you. I, I need to... 
get some of the honey of the Bible on my lips so that I can't wait to read it. I need to taste and see the intimacy with God in the place of prayer. I, I need to know the, 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 the wonder of, of tasting and seeing your goodness coming through me. I, I need, it's, it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I need more. It's okay to feel the weight of an assignment that you can't do. It's okay to be in a church where we're called to impact a whole community and do a whole community good and know we can't do it and know that the only way we can do it is if we've tasted and seen ourselves so that we've got something to break off and something to give away and something to overflow with and something to exhale and bless people with. It's okay sometimes to say, do you know what, Father? I feel a bit bankrupt and I feel that I... I, I need to have a fresh encounter with you. I need to be full again because I don't feel like I've got much to break off and much to give away. It's actually okay to feel absolutely overwhelmed by the idea of treasure hunting. You know, it's okay to love and loathe something. It's okay to say, I need more of you because when I meet that person, I've got to be able to break something off. I've got to be able to say to them, because I've tasted and seen that you are good to me, Amen. I can break that off to you and say, he loves you mm-hmm. like he loves me. Because he's got. I've got to know that in my heart. It's got to resonate in my heart. So I've got something to authentically give away. And I think that's sometimes where we've gone through the motion of spinning the plates. We're, we're talking about something, and we're just feeling the only objective is to keep the plates spinning. Amen. But actually, we're called to be radically passionate Overwhelmed with the goodness of God, kind of people. Yeah. I, I, I heard this a great story this week. Teresa Deadman and Kevin Deadman. Kevin Deadman created Treasure Hunter. And they go to a hotel, they're on holiday, okay? So they're on holiday, and the. the, 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 the come into the, the room and there's no mini fridge and there's meant to be a fridge in the room. And so they ring up, reception, they send a guy to come and fix or, or, or give them a fridge. And the guy's phone goes off in the middle of the conversation and it really is a huge noise. Huge noise. And they ask him, I think they all recoil because they're shocked by the, 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 the sound of this phone. And the guy says, it's because I'm 100% deaf in this ear and 50% deaf in that ear. To which Kevin says, I heal deaf ears. <laughs> I'm a physician's assistant. And so Kevin places one hand on one ear, Teresa places one hand on the, the other ear. Now this is what they do by faith, I'm not saying we have to do this. They both let out a 10 second laugh. Ha! Over each year, because the, the joy of the Lord is their strength, okay? Do all things by faith, be fully convinced. If you're not fully convinced of laughing in ears, don't do it. But if you're fully convinced, laughing ears, okay? Just do it by faith, because it can't be a, 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 a principle that we just say we're going to laugh in ears. Both ears pop open, and then they talk about Jesus. Now, I love that story, because, because they're not in... Christian mode. They're on holiday. Yeah. So this for me, this is my line. I think, and I've told you my story, I think when we first started to talk about praying for the sick and healing the sick 
out there how much it terrified me. And I told you how I learned to even begin to engage with people, was try and acknowledge someone was around me at a cash point, okay? That's my starting point. Um, now I feel that when I'm in the box of treasure hunting, I feel like I'm Superman, right? <laughs> I'm in the zone. I'm, fear, I'm, on the, I'm on the pitch. But then I, then I switch off. And um, I'm not in that mode anymore because I'm just I'm in Jamie mode now, and he's got earphones and he cycles rather too fast sometimes, listening to electronic music, and he's not he's not noticing the world around him. And so we we went on a treasure hunt, and one of the clues was guy with black glasses outside cafe. We and we got to the cafe, guy with black glasses outside the cafe, guy with black glasses in front of the cafe, both brothers. Teresa had the clue brothers. So we talked to them, Muslim guy, didn't want us to mention the name Jesus, but we, 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 we can just bless you in the name of God. And we bless your family, bless your business, we bless you. We just want to do you good. I come to the, the cafe next door a week later, and the cook says, I haven't seen you for ages, you were praying for the guy next door, it's great to see you. Do you know, I felt, I'm not, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Bold Jamie, he, 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 that was treasure hunt, Jamie. <laughs> this, is, this is normal, Jamie, now. And, and maybe treasure hunt, Jamie, will be back in around about six weeks' time. <laughs> this Jamie won't say much at the moment. He'll say, hi, shyly, great to see you. And then never go back to the cafe again. <laughs> Wide door open. And, and, you feel, and, and I, I'd like to do journaling and go to cafes. <coughs> Jesus, this is our time. <laughs> Giving you this time. It needs to be a cafe where I'm not known as Treasure Hunt Jamie. Because he might be around soon, but he's not available today. Because I live in a box. I step into the anointing box where you can hear, and it's so easy to hear. It's really easy to hear, get clues. They're, they're really, there's abundance of them, and they're very easy. But then I have a mindset where I'm not like Kevin and Teresa. I'm not going to be in my hotel room laughing over ears. But when I hear the story, it does something in me. Yeah. And I think, there's more. And so, I want to be real with you. So that we're being authentic about where we're going. Because it pushes me into God and saying, I want to have more, because I've got to have more, so I can break off more. I've got to have more, yeah. so that when I see that sickness, I'm able to say, oh, I, I can heal that. You know, I know, I know what we're saying, because Jesus said, go and heal the sick, you know. Those who believe will do these signs. We know it's Jesus healing them. But we're meant to announce something and declare something and say something. Because we're ambassadors of the king who carry the king's authority, who wear the signet ring of the king, in the robes of righteousness, with the shoes of peace, going out to announce good news. I I can't just delegate it to him. (laughs) He's asked me to do it. And so for me to turn up and do it, I've got to have more. I've got to have more. I've got to overcome... 
the evangelistic box that I'm comfortable with so that whenever I see people, I've got something to break off, I've got something to break off, I've got hope to give, I've got faith to give, I've got peace to release, I've got joy to give. That I overcome, I overcome labels like shy. And say, okay, it's okay to be, you be who you are, you you live it out in the wineskin of the life he's given you. But God says, don't, Jamie, don't make excuses. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Timothy was timid. And Paul had to say to him, Timothy, you've not received that mindset. You've got power, love, and and a sound mind. And so, we've got to enjoy him. We've got to live the personal encounters with God. We've got to have them. Every day, we've got to be full and go on being full. We've got to acknowledge that we're not meant to feel able. We're not meant to feel sufficient. But when we look at Jesus... We see the fact that he is full of faith and full of courage and full of boldness and full of security. And Jesus is able to release through the spirit more of himself so that we can do the things in his name increasingly. We've got to live off his goodness. We've got to feast on God personally. We've got to get to know God. We've got to get to know his heart. We've got to get to know his nature. We've got to believe what he says about himself categorically. We've just got to say, you're always with me. That's got to get, that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in me. Amen. I've got to believe it. Amen. So that who knows what can happen if a believing believer who really believes walks into a cafe really believing and the chef puts his hand up and opens the door of opportunity... What could happen there? Who knows what could happen there? Maybe the chef, he could have got saved and the people in the counter could have got healed and something could have broken open from a very small conversation with a Muslim guy outside a chicken shop the the previous Saturday. So I don't feel any weight of condemnation, but I feel a sense of um, provocation from the Bible of what normal looks like. What normal, what's it going to take God to bless our community? What's it going to take God to change coffee shops in a moment? What's it going to take God to see people come out of their wheelchairs in Plompton High Street? What's it going to take God? It's going to take simply this. I I believe you. And on the basis of what you say, I will step out. Not just on a Saturday once every two months or on a Friday once every two months when it's treasure hunting time, but I, I will become that person like Jesus increasingly, who Jesus was 100% on all the time. I want to be like Jesus. And so I have to come to that school of the Spirit and say, train me, teach me, lead me, guide me, shape me, I'm yours. God God doesn't need thousands of people to change a community. He only needs one, us, 50, 60, 70, Actually, he doesn't really need very much at all. He's just looking for places he can land. And people who will say, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you, God. Without any sense of condemnation. He's so eager for us to join in the family business. He's so eager. He's so eager to, to flex his muscles through us. He's so eager to show himself good through you and through me. 
He's so eager to turn up as the solution to impossible situations through something you might say, something you might declare, something you might do. He's so eager to say, come with me. Come with me. Let's do some fun stuff today. So Kevin Deadman was in, this guy who did treasure hunting was in Switzerland, and he said, I'm feeling a bit bored, so I wanted to look for the sick to be healed. <laughs> now, now, I know that Kevin is an evangelist, but that's another thing you can say. Oh, well, that's the evangelists. They're crazy. They're the crazy ones. Whoa, crazy ones with all your stories. Whoa, Kevin. And but, but, but he, he, he goes out and he finds a Muslim lady and, and, and she says, do you have back pain? And she says, yes, I do. And um, he puts a hand on his, her back and says, I'm a physician's assistant and I heal backs. And um, he said, I only gave a little chuckle. Oh. <laughs> immediate pain relief back is healed leads it to Jesus amazing I like that I'm a bit bored need to find someone to heal a couple of disciples walking to the temple sounds like a joke doesn't it <laughs> see a lame man who's been there forever several God I don't have but in the name of Jesus be healed and then it all breaks open Shadows, cloths, healing the sick. We've just got to get to know his heart, get to know his nature. We've got to drink in his goodness, and we've really got to believe we are affirmed and we have approval regardless of performance. So when the Father saw me in the coffee shop and shy Jamie turned up. Hi. <laughs> Not going back there again. He didn't just say, Holy Spirit, Jesus, mark his card. <laughs> we can't use people like that in the kingdom. If he does it again, let me know. <laughs> and he will not Get another word of knowledge. Holy Spirit says, are you sure? Sounds a bit... No. Not another one. Not even a double buggy one. <laughs> he, he doesn't do that. He, he affirms and encourages in the midst of it all. Yeah. And says, Jamie, what, why, why weren't you... Why? What's going on in your heart? Let's deal with the heart. What, what's going on? Let's, let's, let's work that through. Mm. Oh, you don't believe I'm with you always, wherever you go. Let's deal with that, because I really am with you always. You think I only use special people, do you? You think, ah, oh, it can only be Kevin and Teresa, Deadman, but not you. I'm no respecter of persons. It can be you. Mm. And so you have to deal with the mindset. What was blocking it? And not feel condemned and crushed or get into performance. So next time I go into the coffee shop, I'm here! Double cappuccino, Americano! <laughs> and you go into performance mode and you try to pretend to be something you're not. You want to say, no, I've got to be full of you and be authentically me, but believing that you are in me and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in me and anything can happen. Yeah. What do you want to do? That's what I'm dreaming of. And that's what I'm longing to see more and more of. And so he transforms us individually, and then he transforms the world around us. 
We drink in his goodness, and as they say in the fire starters, of course, then we leak it out. We've got to be so full of the reality of how good he is and how much peace we've got and how much joy we've got, we're splashing everywhere we go. And so even when we can't say a word because we work for the NHS and it's not permitted to say anything, we don't, we think, I don't need to say anything. I'm so full, Amen. I'm leaking everywhere. Something is happening around me. You, you might be able to stop me speaking, but I carry a fragrance and this fragrance is going to affect this hospital and affect the people around me and people are going to recover quickly and the sick are going to be healed and I won't have even said a word, it will just be me here. And as I say, the teachers, and, if you're a teacher, you can't stand up and tell them present the gospel, but you carry something. In many places you can't. And anyway, you're paid to do a job. Jesus said... Just do the job. That's your calling, actually, to do a great job. Mm. Not to feel that, that your job is only a vehicle for you to every now and then try and sell Jesus. No, your job yeah. is important. It's, it's where you express the kingdom and your attitude, your actions, your heart, the way you do it with integrity. Amen. And so there's overflow. We inhale his goodness and then we exhale his goodness. So if we only breathe it in and it never comes out, it's not healthy for us. Amen. If we just have encounters, but we don't bring encounters to anybody else, we just get fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller. At some point, it's got it's to begin to outflow. Can I invite us to stand? I'm just going to finish off here. And... Heidi Baker says, Lovers, get more done than workers. It can look like they're frivolous and wasting their time and loving on Jesus and soaking. And, but actually, they're going to get more done than someone who's performing and working and trying to make it happen. I love her testimony. She said that they were in Mozambique, working there, planted a few churches. I think they had six churches they were not greatly healthy churches. They were struggling churches. Had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Went back into Mozambique. And church after church, salvation after salvation, breakthrough after breakthrough was coming on the back of an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So now she walks into a village and says, bring me the deaf. And that's how she starts. She heals the deaf and then she tells them about Jesus. Amen. I just really feel just that I want anybody to discount themselves from this amazing adventure. Start where you are. Tim encouraged us last week. He said, take the next step. What's the next step for you? What's the next step for you? Begin to imagine what what would it look like for you to be able to just break off his goodness wherever you go? What does that look like for you? Begin to imagine you. You're on the treasure hunt. And he's speaking to you. And you're going out with your treasure list with a few friends. And you come back with great stories of where you've announced the kingdom. Don't discount yourself. Allow the testimonies of what's going on to provoke your faith and expectation that you are included. Receive his affirmation. Receive his appreciation. Enjoy his approval. If you never, ever, 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 ever went on one, you are still loved and approved. But there's such an adventure. I love the stories of Hudson Taylor, who believed God for inland China. 
and went on an amazing adventure with Jesus and brought the gospel to men and women in the inland of China when it was forbidden for missionaries. I love the stories of William Booth of Blood and Fire who brought to the poor freedom from alcoholism and established the Salvation Army. I love the stories of men and women who came to a place of simply believing he really does mean what he says and you can use me. You can use me. God, he just invites us on a wonderful journey with him of never having to be on our own, never having to fly solo, always being with him, receiving his affirmation at every step of the way, knowing his approval before we do a thing, not working for love, but working from love, not working for favour, but working from favour that we've already received. And so, Father, we just want to say that a company of believers, Jesus, that we, we, we love you and we know that you love this community and we know that you love the people who live in this area. And, and God, we thank you for what you're doing in our day and we thank you for the lives that are being touched by the good news of Jesus. And we just say, Jesus, we just want to enrol in your school and just say, teach us to be like you, teach us to believe like you, Teach us to think like you. Teach us to do the things mm. that you did and greater things. Mm. Teach us, God. I just, yeah. I just want, to, want to be a student, God. I want to be like a little child learning yeah. to walk, learning how to ride a bike, learning how to hold a pencil, <laughs> learning how to paint a picture, learning how to do your times table. But we all would know all those things. Oh, but teach us in the kingdom, God, mm. the simple little things in mm. Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you. I just want to pick up on one of the things that Jamie said earlier on about the spinning...